Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, this is Jeff Zog from the Dad Awesome Podcast. I love the Crazy Cool Family, and specifically, I hopped into Basecamp. All of these resources, the video resources, the specific guides that let me put the names of my daughters and my wife, and just showing me visually, hey, am I making progress? What areas can I attend more to? So I'm so thankful. I want to encourage you guys to hop into Basecamp, sign up, dive into those first intro videos. It's been so helpful for my family. Welcome back to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. We are so excited you're here. Don and Suzanne here with you today. What are we going to talk about, Suzanne? Let's talk about our relationship with God. Yeah, the series Let's talk we're talk about pursuing God. Yeah, the series we're in is pursuing God. And so Take us into what we're going to do today. Well, let's, Don, I have an idea for today. Let's talk about. You're, you're talking to me like, it's, so new, like it's a new so idea. Excited. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we haven't talked about this already. <laughs> Our personal relationship with God. Let's share with all the people out there how, who God is in our lives, how he's important, how we grew to love him and know him, how we keep him involved in our lives. Let's do that. And how about if I ask you questions and you ask me questions? Well, and so I'm like gonna, we interview each other. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the first one. Okay. And that is like, and and I want you to ask me the same because I think it gives us a good marker point to start with. Okay. You're the first day of our marriage. What's your relationship with God like? The first day of our marriage. So we when when you when we started thirty years ago, like oh, so you don't want to you don't want to go even before that. Like when we first met God, you want to start with once we were married. Well, let's start there. We might go. You you can go back and okay. Books, I might you. go backwards because yeah. maybe well, these people but, but, might need to know if you even know but, God. But yeah. So but but at least right there, what where where, where did we start from thirty years ago? I was a believer, mm-hmm. and I um was told, I mean, to back it up a little bit, I was told a year before that first day of marriage that we were going to get married. And so I feel like that God came in and said, this is who you're going to marry. And so I believed him. And then that first day of marriage, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? (laughs) God, I need you for this. This marriage thing is hard. So that's where I was the first day of marriage. What about where would you... I need you, God. (laughs) Where would you... Yeah, where would you say your... um your your faith your knowledge of scripture your you know involvement with church your you know where would you say you were coming into that that at at the first day of marriage oh yeah so i um was raised in a home that didn't believe in god and i was um and so i went to church on my own started in middle school and so started drinking out of a fire hydrant there didn't know anything about the old testament the new testament any of that um had a sweet dear friend that introduced me to scripture and got super involved with that and so i would say I didn't. I didn't have a lot of knowledge of Scripture. I had read through the New Testament, and I was introduced to the Old Testament. Very confused about why the New Testament had, you know, the Gospels, which was the same story. And so I just so those things like that. So go, coming into our marriage, I definitely had a um, 
introduction to the Bible. I had a deep faith. I really loved the Lord. I had walked through having a child out of wedlock and got to see the kindness and grace of God at such a high level that all the judgmentalness that I had and the ideas of the white picket fence and all that stuff was completely erased. And it was just me and God and God and me. And so I had a deep, deep faith and an, uh, definitely an introduction to the Bible. Yeah. Um, are you going to ask me the same question? Sure. <laughs> Where were you on our first day of marriage? Um, and I would say coming back to faith, um, it was, um, it, I, I really was trying to decide. Um, I was an achiever growing up. And so everything and was still today. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but everything, <laughs> everything was about, you know, I felt like what I learned during my 20s was that I valued achievement and I felt like that's why people liked me or didn't like me. And I was coming to, uh, you know, realizing that, um, that wasn't, that wasn't something to hold my, you know, that wasn't something to base my life on. Uh, but, but then, um, you know, when, when we got married, um, uh, I remember a couple of things. One of them, I had gone through a marriage series, a, a, a cassette tape series that I listened to that uh, really transformed my view of marriage. And uh, for the first time, I saw myself as a servant of my wife and my family and others. Uh, the whole idea of servanthood came in. And then, um, but I really, you know, you were talking about how we marriage became uh, marriage and family. I, we, I was an instant father. And so uh, instantly married and instantly a father. And suddenly it was like, wow, uh, there's a lot that I don't know. And it really challenged my faith. And so um, I spent the first year of my marriage really deciding. I, I remember thinking, um, okay, this is about more than me. And I have to um, lead this family uh, we had just got involved in the church that we're still involved in today, and I and I really led me to more like a crisis of belief, of of having to really go and say, is this really where I'm going? What 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 is going to be my um, objectives, and and what's going to be our purpose in life and family? And do I really want to make it God because? That seems like it's going to take me down one road, but you know, money and success and career and things like that could take me down another road. And so I spent a lot of time my first year just studying. Did I think God was real? Yeah. And so what did what did that studying like? Where did it take you? I guess because I remember going through that with you or watching you go through that, and you really wrestled with God, like a, a Jacob wrestle with God because you really did have everything laid out on the table. What did you learn on the other side of that? Well, I learned that one that you can't intellectually fully get to God. That That's God, good. God is there is God is intellectually it it works to come to God. Intellectually, I believe people should know the Bible does stand up to scrutiny. It's it's a good thing uh, from an intellectual standpoint, but at some point, there's the answers don't exist, and you have to jump out in faith. Mm. And then, and towards the end of my first year of marriage, I can literally remember a time. You know, one of my favorite movies, movies, the series was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and in the last movie of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, he is stepping out. He has to step over this chasm. And it says a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God just took me to this chasm, much like Indiana Jones was, if you've seen the movie. And he has to step out 
thinking the possibility is he could fall and go yeah. to the depths. And when he steps out, he sees now he sees something more because there is a pathway there, but he couldn't see it until he stepped out. Mm-hmm. And that was where God said, hey, it's time to jump. And, and somehow I knew that when I jumped, I was going to I wasn't going to go back on it. It was something I was really going to lead my family in. And I felt a responsibility because it wasn't just me. It was Suzanne. It was Molly. It was the kids to come. And um, so it was a, it, it felt big, but it felt like it was a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I tell people now, you know, that leap of faith has been uh, the fruit of that. Thirty years later, has been, you know, I, that it was it was worth it. It was mm-hmm. worth the step. And God was so sweet to provide it in the spring of that year as you'd gone through that. What did God provide for us? Uh, oh, our church, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, and we, it was a startup church. And we got into it. We had a, a pastor that really helped disciple us, you know, and, and as a couple and as a person. I mean, I remember I was in a lot of men's groups with, with different guys memorizing scripture, and we really dug into a lot of things that uh, really had an impact. I, I say the first decade of my walk with God, you haven't asked me that question yet, but I'm going to answer it anyway, is, um, is, um, was really more the foundation building I had started that a little bit before marriage. Because you were raised in a Christian home, and you guys attended church. We did, but I don't know that I knew my Bible until I really got into my 20s and mm-hmm. 30s, um, where we started. Uh, even in my 20s, before the few years before marriage, I had really started to study the whole of Scripture. And then also, you know, when I was in early in my church and with our current pa- with our pastor that was there at the time, he really discipled us and challenged us to memorize Scripture and to read and really value Scripture. So learned a lot about our Bible, you know, the first like negative three to positive 10, you know, of, of yeah. marriage, you know. Well, and that's what makes me think about that too, because when we first were married, we, we went to a couple different churches, um, trying to find our place because we wanted to be a part of a community. And when this church, um, started, um, when we joined that church, we were able to grow as a couple. And I think that would, like you said, we, we're introduced to scripture at a whole new level and memorizing scripture and discipleship and community. And I just think it was the sweetest little gift of God to give us that starting church as we started our marriage and we started our family and basically started our real relationship with God. The before that was not, was just a foundational relationship yeah, with yeah. God. It was. What do you think um, when you are so, picture with Suzanne she's she has a child when we get married that we she brought in the marriage and then we had uh, we had three girls in three and a half years about probably starting about two years after we got married because we we um, we got pregnant early and then had a miscarriage and that was a, an event to go through you know, a faith builder and, and a, oh, for sure. but then we had right after that got pregnant had three babies in three and a half years so life is kind of a blur the first seven years of marriage, let's say, for you, Suzanne. So what do you remember about what you learned from your relationship with God during that super, I mean, looking back on it, we were just, you know, you were exhausted all the time. You were going through pregnancy and nursing and all the different things. But yet, I feel like there's things that God really taught you during that season. 
Oh, I think so too. I mean, he is, um, you know, tender to, to those with the young. And I definitely felt that aspect of God. He was, I did, he just felt so sweet and I felt so honored to get to be able to have babies. I mean, and to, to had great pregnancies, great deliveries, great infants. I mean, it, I just felt so, um, honored and blessed and, and, and chosen, I guess, by God, um, to, to get to do that. And so I think that that was it. Now, I definitely wasn't reading my Bible, you know, our devotionals and stuff like that. But I did, I did have a journal. We did attend church and I did, um, cling to his word on a regular basis. I mean, that's what I look back and remember that in that, as you say, that blur season for sure. And the responsibility of raising three little girls. And I really wanted them to love Jesus because I grew up in a home where they didn't love Jesus. And I remember kind of making a vow that I'm going to, and I, and I had, I had one sister who I adore. She's an amazing sister. And I wanted so many more brothers and sisters when growing up, I just wanted a house full of kids. Kids. And um, and so I thought I'm I'm gonna have a house full of kids and I'm gonna raise them to love Jesus and I'm gonna raise them to be my best friends and so that was the beginning of that that season of blur you call it <laughs> well and I think one of the things that is a good thing for parents to take out of it is go get involved in a local church because. Um, you will, just that idea of going to church, you know, even post-pandemic, we're finding people um, not valuing church as much anymore. And, oh, if I attend once or twice a week, everything's good. You know, I would say no to that. You know, I would say, you know, I know we're busy, but go attending, involving a local church. We we were in small groups. We were um, at the church, you know, for Sundays and, um, I just think even if your if your life's a blur, church becomes that grounding that that For you can sure. launch from. Well, and I think about um, like go- going into our marriage. I remember that first year was so hard because it was such a dying to self year. Because I did come into the marriage thinking that um, I'm a princess and you're the prince and you're going to take care of me and all the little fairy tales needed to be laid out and and that you were going to be practically perfect in every way and I mean and I and all of that, and you were going to do, you, you were going to do fill in the blank. Um, and I, and it was a, it was a dying to self for all of that. But I think that that even applies to even going to church. I think in today's day and age right now, we go to church thinking that it's going to be our Prince Charming. It's going to give us everything we need. It's going to give us our community, our unity, all of those things. And so we come in with our hands, gimme, 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 instead of what can I do for you? And if we can shift that, and when you and I shifted that in our marriage, those first years, we shifted it to what can I do for you? How can I look at, how can I take care of you? And I remember going back to the miscarriage, that was the first, one of the first times that I literally couldn't be my independent, you know, self and you had to take care of me. And I remember God saying, he's your helpmate. You know, he, he, he will be there to take care of you instead of me thinking I can do it myself. I can do it myself. And so, well, and the local church is just, you know, God created the church. It's his one institution that he created. And so, um, it just helps to be involved. It helps in your own walk with God if you're also uh, walking with your church and, and being involved there. So no, no, no doubt. Okay, so Don, tell us of another time that God showed up in your life. Tell us of another God experience where you were connected and drawn to God or he was drawn to you. Um, 
Well, you know, uh, so many things come to mind, but um, um, I, I just remember that um, we attended um, seminars. You know, we attended a lot of marriage seminars, a, a lot of uh, discipleship oriented seminars and um, uh, we we sought um, we sought out you know now a lot of that's coming through the internet through podcasts we didn't have that then we yeah, had to go and find it we yeah. um, but I think that you know pursuing those types of things I can remember going to there and for example one seminar um, I remember taught me the concept of authority and um, and I can remember that revelation another one i remember learning my my kids should be best friends you know just certain concepts that were instilled and it's like huh never thought about that from and really do i want to change my belief system to where and what happened with me with the authority thing for example is um i had a boss and all we were, there were about six of us that we all reported this boss, and he was a great guy, but he was also just a little flighty sometimes, and we were all frustrated with him in various ways. And I went back to my office, and I decided to, you know, to see him as God's instrument in my life, as mm-hmm. Romans thirteen says, rather than somebody um, that's annoying me. <laughs> and it changed my whole attitude towards my boss it has for 25 years but I mean and I wound up having a lot of over time having a lot of favor with him because I learned how to honor him mm-hmm. well that was just you know that was a thing that so it impacted my work and I so and even you know helped me to honor my pastor helped me to honor other people I've worked for since then in a way that you know it was that foundational truth that was taught to me and and it impacted me it's impacted me for years I love that. And so those were concepts and those were truths. And so how did you experience God in those things? Yeah, just hearing the revelation. I mean, even uh, the siblings as best friends things. I remember Suzanne, you and I hearing that and we saying, you know what? Wow. You know, we, we had some experiences with our siblings as being, you know, I have an older brother, older sister. There were good relationships there, but wow, best friends. And, and oh, are we really going to take this up to that level? And well, our kids are real different and they, you know, but we decided to make that a value in our home. And I think that's so much the way God speaks to me is right. it becomes a value. It becomes something important to me. It becomes a change in belief. And we get introduced by pursuing God and, and reading and being involved in church and things or being at that seminar. And all of a sudden that truth comes up to us and we go, wow, okay, this needs to be a part of my life. I need to change that. And then then we start to implement it and it becomes a way of life. Mm-hmm. And we start to get the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, so past the um, blur stage, Suzanne, <laughs> uh, you know, as your kids uh, get older and they start to follow God, how did that look for you um, as you're, because you are, um, you know, not, uh, you are a mom that was a stay-at-home mom that eventually went to work in the school where your kids were at. But I mean, you homeschool. I mean, you're a super involved mom with your kids, and you know you're home all all the, all the time. I mean, you know, and and did not work out of the home until much later in life. So, your kids are a big part of your life. How did that impact your relationship with God? Um. 
well, I think, I mean, like I had said, they're my, they were my best friends. <laughs> and so they just came along beside me in my relationship with God, who is my number one best friend. And so we just did life together. <clears throat> and so that's where I feel like that is, I just, I just included them in my relationship with God, with whatever that is that, that, <clears throat> that looked like, whether it was, um, reading a Bible story with them or listening to worship music, which we've talked about. Um, one of the things I think about in that season though, is going back to we, I did have small group with women and I did have Bible studies with women and I did, um, grow, do discipleship with women, Beth Moore studies, um, and boss camp. I mean, there's a bunch of different studies that I did, um, that most definitely put, like you said, those concepts, those ideas, they were pathways for me to think like God thinks. And so that was one of the things that I did when the kids were, were growing up, too, is that I didn't hang out with them all day, every day. Well, and, and I got and a so, break. I actually love them so much more when I could get away from them for a little bit. Well, and, and uh, you get this question all the time. And we get it. I, I get it some of the time. But you get it all the time. Oh, my goodness. You have raised seven kids. You And you homeschooled them part of the time. And and. You know, how in the world did you ever have any time for yourself to pursue your own? How did you ever make God a priority in your life? You know, I don't see I have, you know, we get the. I have two kids and I can't do it. What would you tell those moms? Um, yeah, I think that that's valid. I think two things. One, I say desperation. You're desperate to hang out with the Lord because I, and I tell moms groups all the time, we are like a, a, a pitcher, you know, that's, that contains liquid and all day long we pour out, we take care of this kid's needs and we take care do this and we do that. And by the end of the day, we are completely empty. And the, the one who is the filler of our pitcher of our cup is the Lord. And so we have to go to him to get filled back up. He's the one that's going to fill us with the peace and the grace and the mercy and the patience, the joy, the fun. He's the one that's going to fill us with that. So out of desperation, that's not your husband. I would cling to the Lord. No, I, but I had you there for a while. Remember, <laughs> right, exactly. I definitely wanted my husband to be that as well. And while Don does have a role in that, he can rub my feet and he can mm-hmm. tell me I've done a good job and you know, that he can help me with the dishes. He, he's a helper for sure, but he's not the filler of my um, cup, if you will. But, like I, the Lord I, but is. I think that was one of the reasons I bring that up is because I think that's a, um, and I don't know who does it more, men or women, it's probably about equal, but so often we feel like our spouse should be the person that meets our needs. Oh, that's what I said earlier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, 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 and that's really, and, and so that's one of those belief changes. Right. If you can get a hold of that, that, you know, we talked in the podcast a couple weeks ago about identity and about how knowing God loves you, but also that God is the source of your needs. God is oh, the definitely. God is your source. It's not your spouse. It's not. Uh, it's not your hobbies. It's. I mean, though all those things contribute, and your spouse should be a. And we hope your spouse is a great contributor into that. But ultimately, it comes down to if you're not pursuing God, you're going to be empty. Right. And, and what whatever season it is, or whatever you're doing, if you don't pursue God, you, you're going to be empty. And that's one of the things we found in our lives. Um, you know, one of those things we've learned over the years is that we have to pursue God in our own way, and and have to figure it out. We we have to put. Remember our Crazy School Family House. We have to put pursue God at the top of the house. Well, so Don, we talk to so many women whose husbands do not follow God, or they they don't think they need God. We you know, and so 
why? I mean, why, why do you pursue God? What is, the, what is it that's driven you to pursue God? Speak to these. Yeah, it's a great question. And, um, um, you know, it, to me, it, it seems like a, a given. You know, I, I, it's hard for me to answer the why because it's like, uh, you know, I made that decision. It uh, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is. And so, but I think it's um, uh, that every other way of life to me ends in death. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and every other, every other, and, and and that sounds harsh, but it really is true. You know that nothing, you know, is ultimately fulfilling other than God. That uh, if I have all the money in the world, that's going to help. But ultimately, you know, if if it it really comes down to, and it starts with God, it it bleeds out to family, and then to things. You know, and, and if we don't do it that way, I just and I think for me, I saw. Um, let me see if I can tell the story really short. So um, I was very much an achiever, and I wanted to. Um, I wanted to be. I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to be a financial wizard. I wanted to really go after the things. I wanted to pursue my career to the highest level. And I started reading about people who had succeeded at the. This was before I got married. This was during my twenties, um, and um, I kept reading about people, and they were working ninety-hour weeks, were divorced had kids all over the place, you know, two spouses and alimony and child support. When, when you read about the biography of people who right. had pursued and I'm like, no, I mean, I wasn't even a really a strong believer at the point at that point, but I'm like, no. And then, uh, when I, and, and, and with, within God, I said, Oh wow, here is a out of the purpose of God. We can pursue all of our purposes mm. at the right level and in a way that's going to be fulfilling, sustaining, rewarding, joyful, all those things. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, now I don't have to be bitter about it or I don't have to have be, you know, uh, killing my family as I do it and all that stuff. So I think that was really it for me is that out of God the became the best purpose. That's good. That's so good. Um, yeah, it makes me, it makes me laugh when I think about that story for you, because you had this idea in mind and God literally turned you around and sent you in a different direction. And as soon as you turned around, that's when I show up (laughs) and I show up with this ideal of wanting a whole bunch of kids and a big family. And I even think about that. There were different things that you wanted to do outside of the family, like be a councilman or there's just different things like play golf all day. And I remember saying, no, that's not what we're doing. We're doing, we're doing family. We're paying attention to family. We're going to do the relationships here. We're going to get involved in our church and we're going to get involved in our family. Was there resentment with you with that? Or was there, did God, had God spoken to you too? Like, no family is value and valuable, important. Well, I remember one time, you know, um, what we're, I hope what people are seeing here is that there are, and when, when you pursue God over years, decades, there's times that God speaks to you. You get revelation. For sure. That, and, you know, now um, I was reading a book the other day, and it talks about the curse of knowledge, how because we're so far along in something that we don't, you know, I want you to see that 
we we didn't know at that point. Now God's revealed to us and we've changed things. We know things now that we didn't know then. But mm-hmm. so I remember being in my study and you were talking about, you know, I was frustrated because I, I couldn't figure out a career ministry, whatever that direction was where gonna to be. Where to put your energy. Where to put my energy <laughs> to, to, to be successful and um it it seemed like God was not um uh I didn't have favor with God in 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 the air, I was making progress in my career or whatever, but I mean, but just, you know, I had high aspirations. And so, and I remember God just saying, um, I'm, this was probably, you know, again, end of first decade of my parenting. I'm not really in any of that right now, Don. And I'm like, well, that's really good, God. Maybe you can tell me where you are so I can <laughs> join you because I'm really frustrated with, uh, you know, I felt like I was kind of like Moses talking to God and saying, God, you know, what, what are you doing? But, um, and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go deep with me. I want you to go. This is one of those revelation moments. He said, right. I want you to go deep with, with me. God. I want you to go deep with your family. Yeah. I, want to, I want you to watch what I produce. And then I want you to tell people about it. And that was actually the beginning of Crazy Cool Family. I, I believe that God gives us visions that come to yeah. fruition years later. And, but, yeah. but, and I was like, wow. And as I, as I usually do with God, I said, no. <laughs> I said, uh, no, that sounds really boring. It sounds like I'm going to play Barbies a lot. That sounds like I'm going to, you know. Number four little girls. Yes. And so I'm like, wow, no, that doesn't sound appealing to me. But I really felt like it was uh, the Lord. And so I kind of just let some of those things go and started to um, try to do what God wanted me to do. And, um, and you know, 25 years later, 20 years later, whatever, I see the fruit of that. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I think that that's really the way God speaks. And, you know, just um, I think that, you know, um, for women, you know, so for men, it, it's we, we're so distracted and we so have. And, and I think for a lot of men, it's like, um, I don't know. Um, I'm. I don't know why men don't pursue God more, but I think it just really is. I can do it myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't really need God, especially in our society that are a lot of men are, you know, successful and they're, you know, monetarily successful, whatever. We have this ego, we have the things that go, but, but, um, but for women, it seems like, um, you know, um, they are, uh, they get disappointed with God. And, you know, I think with women, they, they try to, um, uh, keep God, you know, well, we, we just get caught up in the circumstances of life. And so we get distracted. And so that leads to disappointment. I, I remember like, there's so many times that you said, Suzanne, that's the circumstance. You're paying attention to the circumstance. Yeah. Don't but get think, bogged down with the circumstance. But what I mean by disappointment is relating it back to the men not pursuing God. We see a lot of the women are going, Hey, I'm trying here. I'm trying to raise my family. My husband doesn't pursue God. He's not the spiritual leader of my home because women are more wired for relationship. You know, I even think church is designed for women. You know, we come together and we do small groups and we talk about our feelings and, and all those things. And so we get a lot of women that are like, I'm frustrated with this situation and they, they give up hope. They, and, and so, so what would you say to those wives? What do you say to those wives or those, those women that, that whose husbands are not walking in the faith? Like, what is it? How, how, how can we encourage those women to, 
encourage their husbands? Like what, if I, if, if I said, Don, get up, get out of your, you know, get off your lazy, you know, whatever, and read your Bible, that's not going to work. If I come at you with expectations and if I come at you disappointed, if I, if I'm constantly, especially as an achiever, if I'm constantly saying, you're not doing it right, you're not leading our family, you're not doing your, you you should be better. You should love God more. And so what is it as a male talk to our, you know, female listeners, what is it that they can do to pursue their husbands to love the Lord in base camp our free membership site basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com it's free <laughs> go gather and in base camp um, in our marriage course we talk about there's a video about um, making your spouse helping your spouse become the best version of themselves and I think that's so key but I think for for so many I think so many wives um, emasculate their husbands for sure, and and they um, they try to um, get them to change rather than try to help them become their best. Right, and many times they're trying to get them to change into women instead of helping them be the best man, mm-hmm. and and helping them to and just building. Um, with confidence, building hope, with encouragement. You know what? You are amazing. Um, I and and really um, and really inspiring the the. I've seen so many husbands come to faith because they are inspired by their in, wife's incredible relationship with God, where they are not condemning them, but they are forgiving and they are loving them and inspiring them. So, yeah, and so I, kindness, that's what I think. Kindness leads to repentance. So women, if we're kind to our husbands, if we love our husbands, when we serve our husbands, that draws people to the Lord because that's a supernatural thing because women, we don't, we're not, we're mad. <laughs> we're angry and we're disappointed. And so when we come at it with kindness, love, grace, mercy, that's supernatural. And the supernatural is what moves people. Well, and I also see women, um, not only just their husbands, but they are just get, um, um, you know, overwhelmed with the kids, with life, things like that. So, you know, how did you keep your faith with God real and alive through all, through seven kids, through all, what would you say to women? Um, you know, we were dealing with a specific issue of their husband, just overall, you know, so often we, we are seeing women discouraged and things like that. What would you say to, to, for women to keep their, to help keep your faith real and alive? What happened with you? Um, just believing and knowing that God is a real and alive that he is real and he's alive and he's there for you. He's there for me. <clears throat> so many times like a, a kids going out or coming home late at night and I am overwhelmed with fear and I just ask the Lord, Lord, please protect them. And he whispers the sweet, I've got them. I'm going to take care of them. Or they're, they're on a road trip or they're, we've sent our kids to the other side of the world on mission trips. And it's like, God, you've got to go with them. And he's like, I've got them. They're mine. I loaned them to you. I'm going to take better care of them than you could if you were on that trip. And so that's where I feel like that God is alive and real because I, when I am whatever, stressed, frustrated, worried, alone, fearful, unmet expectations, all the things, when all those things are out there, when I pay attention to God, when I turn to him, when I, when I ask him, when I invite him in, he's there. 
and he'll whisper something to me or he'll show me something or he'll give me a picture. And that's what keeps him alive and real to me. He's a, he's mm. a real live person in my life. It's a real live relationship that is active and moving. And it's a two way street. I come to him and he gives to me, you know, I share with him, he shares with me. And so that's, that's how I do it. And moms, I highly recommend it because I don't know how you will do parenting without it. I don't know how you will raise the these little people that God has entrusted us with, if you don't have their creator in your ear telling you what to do. There, he's the he's the passbook. He's the cheat book. You know, he's the he's the playbook. He knows because he wired them. He uniquely gifted them, and he knows how best to talk to them, how best to interact with them, and he knows what your soul needs too. Well, and I hope this is encouraging to moms. Um, but you know, throughout thirty years. Um, my wife has never really been, you know, she's not the consistent six o'clock, you know, in the morning, uh, devotional, spending time with her coffee on the on the porch. Um, Maybe the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, but yet she has a vibrant faith. Um, she believes. And so whatever that looks like for you, moms, uh, just step into and, and you know, I would speak to dads too, uh, you know, but for moms or what we're talking about right now is just to be able to step into whatever your personality is, whatever your, your methodology is, you know, the key is she believes, you know, Jesus, it's, it, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus was always doing different things and it, it but it said he did, he, he withdrew and spent time with the father, yes. uh, but it doesn't say it's, and I'm sure he did it. I don't know how disciplined Jesus was, but it, you know, I'm sure he sure, did it a lot. Perfectly yeah. disciplined because he was perfect in everything else. <laughs> but, but you know, it doesn't say every day in Scripture he did that. It says in certain times. And so my, my encouragement to moms is, man, you, you guys, especially stay-at-home moms that are taking care of homes, you know, you've got busy seasons and your life goes, does go 24 seven. You're not going to the office and coming home, you know, or we have working moms and that's even, you know, tougher because you're going to work and then coming home and it's 24 seven, but, but but whatever that is, um, you know, we go back to what we wrapped up our podcast a couple weeks ago of spend time with God, make time, in this new season, uh, you know, what did you do the last couple of weeks? Hopefully you listened to our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Did you go read Psalm 139? Did you yeah. read Romans 8? Did you did you do something? That's what we recommended at the end of that podcast. But whatever it is, carve out some time to, to understand your identity with the Father. Let that encourage you. You know, um, Romans 15, 13 says, you know, that we are, that we overflow with hope, that we, we get filled up with God's love, and I'm paraphrasing, but we overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want for you. We want you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Psalm, Psalm 37, 4 says, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, Suzanne, when, when you hear the word delight, what do you think about? Well, it's delights just, uh, I love that verse because it's great pleasure. And I think so many times when we talk about, when we think about pursuing God, oh, I've got to go hang out with God. Oh, I haven't spent enough time with God. Uh, and we have this uh mentality. And so I just encourage you to replace the uh mentality with the word delight. Isn't it a wonderful word? It's just fabulous. And so just think, oh, I'm going to go delight myself with the Lord today. 
I'm going to go hang out with the Lord and I'm going to be delighted in the Lord today because with the Lord comes great pleasure. With the Lord comes the things that he has promised you. So go hang yes. out with the Lord today. Yes. And remember <laughs> that um, we have a free membership site for you called Basecamp that we just mentioned, basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com. It'll be in the notes. If you haven't joined Basecamp, join it. It takes a minute. If you have, go to the Pursue God course and it will give you great, um, some great encouragement, some great videos there to help you in your relationship with God. In the meantime, we're going to continue this series, and, and we want you just to think about how you're going to change your habits, how you're going to change your structures to delight yourself in the Lord. And what's cool is, is as God's kingdom just starts to settle into you and your family, that's when you start to be able to change the world around you. So, yeah, love you, parents, and love that you're with us. And we support you in every way. So go be crazy, crazycoolfamily.com.